Hello, welcome to the video. My name is Mark, and I know that most of you watching this video are Canadian investors who own either a U.S. stock or uh, an exchange-traded fund that owns U.S. assets. I also know that most of your consumption, if not all, is Canadian dollars. You pay for your goods in Canadian dollars. Your U.S. assets, your U.S. investments affect your purchasing power as a Canadian dollar. This is what's known as currency risk. In this video today, we're going to talk about what currency risk is. We're going to talk about how to use exchange traded funds to hedge against the currency, the fluctuation. And most importantly, we're going to talk about should you hedge your investments. Most of us, including myself, have exposure to U.S. investments, and I would say without a doubt, we should have U.S. exposure. The United States is the largest global player in the investment world with about $50 trillion in market value, and uh, that's about a half, about 55% of the world's global market. Now, Canada, by comparison, is only 2.4%. So as a Canadian investor... Uh, it makes sense that we need to diversify beyond just Canada. The U.S. is a large market uh, with you know some of the best companies in the world. It makes sense that we would own those assets. In our video today, I'm going to use two funds, two ETFs, to represent the U.S. market for the comparisons and for the analysis that we're going to do. I'm going to use uh, Vanguard funds, but this is just representative of many other funds similar to that. The, the goal here is to find a fair comparison to the S&P 500. So you could use Vanguard, you could use BlackRock, you could use BMO. There's a whole bunch of other options that you have. For the purpose of today, I'm going to use two Vanguard funds, VFV and VSP. Now for both of these funds, the object is to track the S&P 500 index. Uh, from a market cap breakdown, most of us already know what the S&P 500 is, but about half of it are mega cap or giant companies. We have about a third of the index, which are large cap companies, and about 15% or so that are mid, mid, uh, mid cap companies. All 11 sectors are represented. There's a fairly even diversification across uh, the, the U.S. investing uh, landscape. These ETFs are always fully invested to the index. So you're going to capture the ups and the downs of whatever the S&P 500 does. This is a passive uh, indexing strategy. Bottom line is it mirrors the U.S. S&P 500 index. So logically, if the S&P 500 goes up, you're going to make money. And if it goes down, you're going to lose money. It's really that simple, right? Well, not so fast. Anytime you invest in another country, you have what's called currency risk. Let's look at the mechanics of uh, the US Canadian dollar exchange and the interchange between the two currencies. When you buy something in American dollars, you have to convert your Canadian dollars into US dollars. You're not gonna find too many places down in the States that will, that will take a Canadian dollar or a loonie. They're gonna want you to take the money, change it into US, and you can spend it there. Now, when you have a US asset and you're gonna take bring it back into Canada, in most cases, you reverse that and you exchange it back into Canadian dollars. Let me give you an example. Imagine you're on vacation in the US, and this would obviously be pre-COVID or perhaps after COVID, hopefully later this year or maybe next year. You're shopping and let's say you're at Target and you see this amazing pair of sneakers that you fall in love with immediately. You just have to have them. The price of these sneakers is $100 US. Now, if you bought GameStop last year and you know sold it at the top, maybe you're shopping for a yacht. But for the purposes of this today, let's stick with sneakers for now. At the time of your vacation, 
The Canadian dollar is trading at 77 cents US, which is fairly common range that we trade in. So it's going to cost you $130 Canadian to buy those sneakers and you're thrilled with the purchase. Fast forward a year later and you're hanging out with your buddy and he mentions that he's going south of the border for a holiday. And you tell him about the deal. You go online, you look at the Target website. To your amazement, the $100 sneakers, exact same pair, are trading for the same price. They have not gone up in value. You tell him while you're down there, pick some of those up. A week later, he shows up at your house. He's not happy with you. He does have his new sneakers, but he paid $140 for the same pair of sneakers that you paid $134 or $130 for just a year earlier. He's choked. This is what we call currency risk. What happened during this year is that our dollar went down versus the US dollar. If we're shopping in the US, we all know that we want a Canadian, uh, a stronger Canadian dollar. If the, if the CAD moves stronger or moves higher, the same US, uh, same $100 US will cost fewer Canadian dollars to buy. So if during the year, the Canadian dollar had gone up versus the USD, let's say to 80 cents from the 77 cents that you paid, your buddy would have only paid $125 for the same sneakers, he would have been happy. Now, if the Canadian dollar weakens or moves lower, the same $100 will cost more to buy in our dollars. Our dollar, when it was at 77 cents, cost uh, for the $100 sneakers, it cost $130. Well, if the Canadian dollar drops to 70 cents, it's going to cost around $140 to buy those same sneakers. When you buy U.S. stocks, whether it's Amazon, Walmart, you know, GameStop, it doesn't matter which one, you have to convert your Canadian dollars to U.S. dollars first, then you make the purchase. So let's look at how the currency fluctuations affect your portfolio. Let's say you buy stock XYZ at $100 US. Over the coming year, the stock doesn't do anything and in fact, it's flat for the year. It doesn't go up, doesn't go down. At the end of the year, it's exactly 0% up or down from where you bought it. So you break even, right? Well, this depends on the Canadian dollar versus the US dollar price change during the year. If there was no change in the currency rate, then the answer is yes. You would sell your US dollars and you get your Canadian dollars back. So you bought $1,000 worth of XYZ and it cost you 1,300 Canadian. At this point, you now sell the $1,000 and you get $1,300 back. Exchange rate is the same, so you're flat on that trade. But in the year that the Canadian dollar goes up 10% versus the US dollar, your investment is actually going to lose 10% because of the conversion. It still costs $1,300 Canadian, but now your $1,000 only buys you around $1,170 Canadian. Or in a scenario where the Canadian dollar lost 10% in value versus the USD, you actually make a gain of 10% on that investment that actually did nothing during the course of the year. Now the same holds true for ETFs that buy US stocks. When you sell, the sale is in US dollars, then you convert them back to Canadian dollars. So any change in the currency during the time that you own them affects the price. Let's use our two funds, VFV and VSP as example. Now in both cases, they invest in the S&P 500, so you'd expect the returns for both to be the same. Now, as a Canadian investor, we have to think about this again. Remember, a change in the Canadian dollar versus the US dollar affects the returns of US price stocks. So as the Canadian dollar declines, it adds to the return of your investment. As the Canadian dollar increases, it actually decreases the return on your investment. So are you at the mercy of currency fluctuations? The answer is no, you can hedge. Now hedging takes the currency fluctuations out of the equation. 
Again, let's compare our two uh, ETFs. VSP is a hedged ETF. It cancels out the currency changes and VFV is not hedged. So your returns will be affected by the US or Canadian dollar price changes. Let's compare the returns of these two funds uh, with the CAD USD chart. Now in chart one, which runs from May 2020 through to March 2021, the Canadian dollar strengthens almost 10%. So VSP, which is hedged, tracks the S&P 500. And you can see on the chart here that the results were very similar. They're never going to be exactly the same because of uh, hedging costs, because of uh, tracking errors, but they're going to be very, very close. VFV, on the other hand, which is the unhedged fund, underperforms by roughly 10%, which is not coincidentally the price change of the Canadian dollar versus the US dollar. As the Canadian dollar rose, the hedge fund tracked, but the unhedged fund underperforms. Now in chart two, we're going to look at a time period, again, about a year, but it's from February 2015 through to February 2016. In this case, the Canadian dollar lost 10% of value against the US dollar. Again, you will see in this case, currency had an effect. VSP, the tracking fund, lost uh, almost 8%, which is very similar to what the S&P 500 lost. Now, VFV, on the other hand, which is the blue line, actually gained almost 2.5%. The only difference uh, in these two funds are the currency effect on both of them. The two charts we just looked at showed very specific time periods, but let's take a look at a longer perspective. In chart three, which runs from 1980 all the way through to current day, up to 2021, we're gonna see that there are a lot of ups and downs in the Canadian dollar uh, currency versus the US dollar. So this is simply a chart that shows the value of the CAD compared to uh, its uh, US counterpart. Over this 40 year time period, when you, when everything you know everything balances out, essentially you're looking at a about a seven and a half or so percent uh, change during the entire time. You could argue that over that long time period, there's you know not a huge difference uh, at the end of the day. Let's look to March 2020 for a much more dramatic example. Now, when COVID first hit, the Canadian dollar dropped very hard from around 76 cents to 68 cents U.S. dollars. This seemed like a pretty big hit, uh, and I felt at the time that perhaps the, the Canadian dollar was a little bit oversold. As it turns out, it was oversold, and we saw a turnaround with the dollar recovering uh, significantly. Our next chart is going to show the recovery from the lows in March to the end of September. Now, clearly, if you had moved to the hedged fund, you would have much uh, done much better. So VSP, in this case, which mirrors the S&P 500, went up. 59%, but VFV only rose by 42%. The only difference in these two are is the effect of the Canadian dollar rising. So we know that the Canadian dollar to the US dollar uh, price fluctuations or currency fluctuations will affect our US holdings. So how do we manage this, uh, this currency risk? There are three main hedging options that we're gonna take a look at. First of all, we don't have to hedge. We can just leave a portfolio unhedged. Now, over the long term, we're going to move up and down uh, with the currency changes as we saw a little bit earlier, and we're essentially going to ride it out. Now, uh, our second option is to hedge or make our portfolio currency neutral. So this removes all of the currency gains or losses. Uh, the return will equal the underlying asset. In this case, we're looking at the S&P 500. 
A third option is to be more tactical in nature or to make these calls. So we, at some point, we may have hedges on. Other times, we may not hedge, have hedges on. Uh, Sometimes we can have partial hedges. Um, the options are available that we can trade in or out depending on what other conditions are at play in the markets. So let's look at how these ETFs um, actually hedge. So the VSP uses derivatives to hedge. It, the fund itself doesn't actually buy foreign currency. It enters into forward agreements with an investment dealer to sell the foreign, the, the foreign currency forward as it's known. So if the value of the uh, exchange rate changes, the value of the forward agreement will also change in tandem with those changes. So as an example, if the Canadian dollar gains versus the US dollar, the forward agreement, uh, it will gain in value as well. So it'll offset the loss that we would have occurred uh, or we would have suffered a loss without having the forward agreement in place. On the flip side, if the Canadian dollar loses versus the US dollar, which you know normally would be a good thing for us, the forward agreement will also lose in value. So that will offset the gain and it'll actually wipe out any gain. The result will be a, uh, a neutral offset. So question I guess is, should you hedge? Well, this is a debate that I've uh, heard often um, over the years, and there is a strong argument against hedging. As we saw earlier, over time, it all tends to balance out. Uh, you could make an argument that unless you're a sophisticated investor, just you know, buy the U.S. assets, they're a good quality you know, uh, country to be invested in, let the currency sort of take a back seat. But there are big swings along the way. There are others who say that you do whatever you can to maximize and you you know to, to get better returns. So if you capitalize on the currency movements, you can improve your return over time. There are a few key factors that you need to consider when you're making this decision. First of all, I would say is, are you a passive investor or an active investor? Do you hold the investments long enough? If you are a frequent trader, the effect of the currency probably isn't gonna have much impact in any event because the changes will be minimal during the time period. Now, if you are a long passive investor, um, you're gonna have more of an effect. That said, you can, like I just mentioned earlier, you can just let it ride out and you're probably gonna be just fine. If you're a shorter term investor, I would say maybe do try and take advantage of the currency fluctuations. Now, for many do-it-yourselfers, this is a tall task. In fact, it would be probably you know, uh, very complex and maybe even impossible uh, unless you really know what you're doing. If you use an ETF uh, like the two we've looked at today, you can make tactical changes when the dollar is at an obvious, I would say, over or undervalued position like we saw last March. Um, a word of caution here, don't be tempted to trade the currency and switch back and forth all the time. It is really hard to predict exchange rate changes. I would say most importantly, focus on understanding your investments are, that's where most of your energy should go. Also keep in mind that hedging isn't perfect, it isn't exact. The forwards that we use to hedge are typically written on a monthly basis, not daily. So any quick changes that happen you know, from the first of the month to the end of the month aren't gonna be protected in this strategy. A couple of final points. Um, not only, uh, the, the strategy isn't only applicable to US dollars. If you have investments in other places around the world, all currencies, you know, you can use the same strategies. They're all affected, but it does get very complicated in some cases. Uh, we've also assumed in this case that you have all equity holdings. Uh, bond ETFs also hedge. In fact, um, I think most bond ETFs will automatically hedge. So you probably don't have a decision to make, but if you do have a choice, 
with bonds because there's less opportunity for the big swings that you're going to see in equities, I would certainly uh, always use um, a currency neutral or a hedge strategy in that case. Lastly, I'm going to talk for a moment just about costs. So back in the old days, it cost a lot more money to, to implement a hedging strategy. With the two funds that I've uh, highlighted today, and you know most of the big fund companies or fund providers are going to have a similar structure, there's a very minimal cost to implement that hedging strategy. For example, the, the management expense ratio on VFV, which is the unhedged fund, is uh, 0 0.08, so quite small. Um, if you move to the hedged version, it's 0 0.09. So yes, there is a small incremental uh, increase there, but I would say that uh, it's not anything that I would really worry about. Final thoughts. Over the long term, probably everything averages out and for most or for many investors that's probably going to be an acceptable strategy if you have the time and knowledge you can use these strategies to enhance your return but be pretty sure before you hedge because you're going to need at some point to remove the hedge so it isn't sort of a one-time thing either you're going to be uh you know a hedger or not hedging can be confusing i remember when i got started in the business I remember literally sitting at my desk as my boss was talking about, you know, the, the change in the U.S. dollar, uh, comparing it to the, the returns. And it really it took me a while to get my head wrapped around this. So, um, you know, I acknowledge this has been quite technical in nature, but hedging is technical. Uh, question for you, is hedging new to you? Is this something you've heard of before? Have you used both hedged and, uh, and unhedged funds now? Um, how do you see using hedge funds going forward? Appreciate you leaving comments below. If you've got, you know, three seconds, consider giving this video a thumbs up. I would really appreciate that. And most importantly, I really look forward to seeing you in the next video.